electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, welcome to Q3. Futures begin the second half with some green arrows coming off five straight S&P record closes in the second best first half since the dot-com boom. Jobless claims a post-COVID low, 364,000 ahead of the jobs number tomorrow. Our roadmap begins with the record rally rolling into the second half. The S&P, as we said, the second best first half since 98. Plus, Amazon versus Lena Khan. The tech giant wants the FTC chair recused from all of its antitrust cases. And China's warning for the world. President Xi saying it will no longer be bullied. And if anyone tries, they will meet a, quote, great wall of steel. Jim, though, uh, lots of stats to kick around regarding uh, the first half. Dow up 12.7 for the year, S&P 14.4. We talked a bit about the third quarter playbook yesterday. Right. I, I thought it was interesting. Brian Sullivan on Worldwide Exchange had a very... Uh, an incredible chart. Even though the market was up 15%, there are many years where it's been up much more. 43, it was up much more. 87, it was up much more in the first half. Now, 87, I know, didn't lead to the right conclusion. But what it said to me is, don't get, don't think it's too high. It can go higher. And the makeup of how this got there was very exciting to me. You had the industrials, and that leapfrog pharmaceuticals off of COVID. And then we had a tremendous run of the consumer. Uh, and then Fang gets in, and then it finished with the semiconductors. David, uh, and then oil, of course, was a theme throughout. David, this was a market that, it, that had something for everyone. Uh, okay. And will the second half similarly have something for everyone? Or do you think you're going to need to be a bit more uh, specific? No, I don't think so. No. You think it's still kind of a broader based, in a way, kind of maybe moving through, but ultimately that when we end the year, we're going to look back and see similar performance from yes. the various sectors. Look, I think that when you take a look at the financials, they've come back down. So they can report good numbers mm-hmm. uh, and move back up and start buying back stock. And you look at some of the stocks like a, 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 like a, a Pepsi that's going to have a good quarter. Well, you kind of cooled off and now it's ready to go. Oil is at 73, and unless the Saudis turn on the spigot, you have a piece like the Conoco piece this morning, and it basically just says, hey, oil's back. Oil was, I know, we had a guest yesterday who argued that uh, even though energy was the best performer, it's got a lot more to go um, for the rest of this year. It's still underappreciated, perhaps. I, I think so. So I come back, Carl, and I say, look, don't get bored with a rally. Right. You know, just because it's quiet. Don't ever short a <laughs> dull, dull market. market. Okay, and it is dull. Yes. Right? I mean, There's the only a, thing, yeah. you know, look at that. Uh, by the way, some of the gainers there, t- clearly oil is going to be a story, especially today as we're on the lookout for headlines out of OPEC Plus about production cuts. Nothing official. There have been sources saying maybe they're looking at 2 million barrels per day between August and December, Jim. But, you know, near 76, 
We're a dollar away from a seven-year high now on crude. I know. Well, Rusty Brazil, who RBN is my absolute favorite in terms of go-to, put out a piece this morning, just very typical of what's happening. You know, the Alaska market, Alaska used to be what we thought could uh, beat OPEC, and it's just been going down, down, down. There is a lot of oil in Alaska. But, and I know that, that the previous president talked about opening up AMWAR. No one's taken the bait. These companies are not drilling in Alaska. And a lot of it is because they fear, they fear President Biden. And well, that they is a common They couldn't theme. sell the licenses there anyway. I mean, that was before the election. Well, but they're not interested. Yeah, they weren't interested in but, AMWAR. But, but if they were really. But they are interested still in, in getting oil out of the ground of the Permian. Well, the Permian. Yeah, did you see Locking. the sale? Did you see there was a sale? Yeah. Um, of what you know, Chevron made a sale. Um, you also saw the Exxon numbers. Uh, obviously, there's this other story involving the Greenpeace people posing as recruiters. I, I thought uh, Greenpeace but, but there got was an AK from Greenpeace Exxon as well. Greenpeace posing as board members. Are you kidding me? Well, that, pretty, I mean, to the point where Exxon actually put out a statement yes, regarding yeah. some of those recorded interviews. Yeah. I, you know, um, but but when I see Chevron selling per- some Permian, it, it raises eyebrows. Why are they doing that? Okay. It's fantastic. Why do you think they're doing it? Well, maybe part of maybe uh, again you've got these problems with potential pipeline. I don't know. We should call Mike Worth. I don't want to put words in Mike Worth's mouth. What I, I don't hear you saying is that margin compression and fears about input costs is going to be a big, big part of the Q2 reporting. No, season. I mean let's. We'll be talking to McCormick. There was some margin compression, so I think that's important. We've got to touch on that. General Mills. Talked about it a bit yes, yesterday. Yes, they did. But General Mills talked about something that I want to talk about with McCormick, which is that there's a surprising number of people because of the hybrid model that are still cooking at home. And I find that to be incredible. That was one of the, that was one of the stories that just got completely overlooked. Who would have thought that the hybrid model includes continual cooking at home? But what are you laughing about? No, I'm not. I, I think you're right. It's uh, I, I mean, live. Working at home doesn't mean that you necessarily have to eat at home, though. Uh, breakfast. especially Breakfast, lunch. yes. Yeah. Lunch. Maybe lunch. Not dinner. <laughs> well, you make dinner plans. Maybe you want to get out. Maybe you want to change out of your pajamas. David's oh. saying this because he's been out to dinner every day this week. Uh, yes. I, I try to get out every night. I'm going to be out every... You know I see... I, you know I'm trying to do emulate what you do. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I get out of the athleta clothes and I switch into a nice Brioni. Well, you're uh, in one anyway. Who are you kidding? First of all, you've been in the office every single day since the pandemic count. began. And you're never not. And I've seen you at various hours. You're always in a tie and a suit. Always. I, I fell asleep in a tie and a yes. suit on uh, Friday night. It was terrific. I woke up Saturday morning. I was ready to go to work. But unfortunately, <laughs> it was not a work day. You, I know Speaking the, the gardening, I think we have seen some pictures of him not <laughs> yes. in his Gardening, tie. no tie. That's Can the I come only back time. to General Mills for one minute, Jim? Because you've mentioned the stay-at-home thing. But, you know, Peter Bookvar puts a note out this morning looking back at the General Mills call saying our current assumption for input cost inflation across our total cost of goods sold is approximately 7%. Logistics costs going up double digits. Raw and packaging materials up high single digits. Manufacturing costs up low single digits. Wasn't that an important part of the call? I think that's passed. I think you do. The, the, the peak, yeah, we were seeing some peak. With the exception of TiO2 uh, and chlorine, we're seeing a peak in a lot of different chemicals. Uh, I do think that we're seeing ag peak for the year. The, uh, you know, ag's peaked in May. May was the month where all commodities. Pay, it, it's funny. Uh, it, and inflation expectations data track said May 12. May 12 did was, you the, see my, was okay. the date where inflation expectations topped. They stole it. Did they really? I did a whole piece it's about yours? May 12. I did a whole piece about the, the May 12. Okay, you know what happened May 12? 
that's when things turned. No, no, no. What occurred that made it turn? Was it a CPI print? Red Hot CPI recognition that that was it. Pal lost. And so ever since then, it's been Kathy Wood. I don't know whether they're ready with a, a graphic. They're usually about ready. They're usually ready with the Woodstock and video. That was when it occurred, May 12th. And everything, the world shifted. And so, book. What's that? Woodstock. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but book, book for, look, I respect his work very much, but May 12th was the... Uh, well, he was just citing the General Mills call. Well, I thought that, the Mills call was fine. I mean, it, on, it, on input costs and all the things that may, may lead to more but, inflation. You know, I'm looking at the... Look, the, of course, the actual box is more expensive than the, the cereal itself that's in there. So I know. <laughs> freight is something that's, that's got... Freight is, freight is the problem. And when I speak to... to uh, Every one of the consumer packaged food companies, they said, find a way. I'm supposed to have a call, my bad, with Uber, which is working on something. But there is just no, there's just not enough trucks, not enough truck drivers. And if there were, uh, if there was like a national campaign, and because these, drug, these jobs are very rewarding, they're yeah. very, very lucrative. But that would, Jim, that would drive the, the put, journal. I'm just put, looking put, here, put, just for a second. The drought's toll on U.S. agriculture points to even higher food prices. Who said that? That's just a journal story today. The next story. They're just Car market set to cool amid lack of vehicles, which we've talked about that, a well, lot. That's why do uh, these people, you know what, homework, which if you I mean, you know that there's a chip shortage that's and ending. And oil prices are just OPEC ways rising demand. I mean, I, you know. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying things aren't elevated. I haven't said that. I'm saying that it's exactly on the course of what. Uh, uh, of what the Fed chair said. Mm-hmm. There's been a peak in a lot of the average uh, ag stuff's down 11% from the top. Let's go there. Uh, I don't know if you looked lumber at lumber. Down 55. I could hit you on the head with a two by four. You could, you could actually buy it now. However, it's still up dramatically over because a two year period. A peak, when you have growth like we have, you better have these products go up a little. It'd be a problem if we didn't. Yes. True. It would really just True. say that no one's ever, you know, that we're just going to have a a country of kulaks, mm-hmm. kulaks, you know, and not, and nobody. Well, and you, you don't want that. You want a 1934 Ukraine famine kind right, of situation right. developing here. No. You mentioned uh, the chip shortage, and Micron was a story last night. Uh, pre-market uh, this morning, uh, down despite that better-than-expected quarterly number, upbeat guidance amid tight supply and strong demand for memory chips. Uh, do not miss an exclusive, by the way, with Sanjay Marotra later this morning on Tech Check. You have him, a, too? Is there anyone that, that, that I don't, that I used to come on Mad Money? Don't you have another guest who's amazing today? I'm sure we do, yes. Could be any okay. of them. So, I love Sanjay. Sanjay did. You know, Sanjay said the exact wrong thing. He gave this statement. Excuse my uh, readers here. He said, I love Micron's business is healthier, more robust than ever. Well, that's the, yeah, that is the duck coming down. By the people, way, those have a light on them if people want to know. Will you turn the light on? I, I, lo- oh, I love that. That's my favorite. <laughs> what, oh, they what are you, you going to do some They're mining? actually reading. It's a SPAC report. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, this is what... It's this like is, going to the dentist. Uh, it is. It is like going to the dentist. It's, oh, my God. It's back. It's of the devil. He's actually got them taped up, too. I mean, those, these... I got them. Holy mother! Oh, to, to be fair, his Jim, your report is like the two, the font sizes. Because <laughs> one went out, you know? Yeah. 
You look fabulous. I leave more very small print I leave on more. this. This is like me. Better. I got a molar that I This is me looking at, work on at there, the GSK, uh, uh, their, their vaccines. But it, what happened here is basically that uh, a lot of people thought saying you got to ask Sanjay that he was going to say, look, demand is so overwhelming, it doesn't matter what we can do. And there's been not enough machines being made for, in order for us, for us to be able to meet demand for NAND or DRAM. And he was pressed several times, and he did not go there. So a lot of people are saying that Sanjay, who can be promotional, but I happen to like him very much, did not give you what you wanted. And they tried and tried and tried. I suggest you try again. I bet you he recognizes that he was too negative on the call. Uh, two other bullet points on chips today. Uh, we mentioned AMD getting some EU clearance on right. Xilinx, five-month high over there. Today, NVIDIA, uh, who goes to the street high? It's uh, BMO. BMO, $1,000. That's just unbelievable because they're actually talking about a company that's going to have $32 wow. billion dollar business in just uh, in data center. And by the way, can we just say, we got to go back to what happened with Intel yesterday when Intel said Sapphire, not ready. I mean, that means I think that Intel is now two iterations behind AMD. And that's why, I mean, Lisa Sue, look at that stock. Do you know when Lisa Sue, when uh, Gelsinger came on Mad Money Man. and was basically saying, listen, we've caught Lisa Sue. Uh, she didn't come on air and say, hey, no, that's not the case. Uh, she just said, I, you know what? I'll just keep doing my job and let's see what happens. This is the part of the show where I tell you how well you've done in terms of recommending both these stocks for at least the last five, wow, seven nice. years. Can we put both? I'd love to see a, a advan, a AMD versus NVIDIA five years. I mean, both that's drugs a, are incredible. Boy, that's a foot race. But that might be a foot race. That is yeah. really, can we do that? See, I mean, they look, they're the same. Look at that. Look well, at yeah. the performance. That's, in that, that's, of course, when Lisa Sue came in. Yeah, there they are. Right, so, Jensen. wow. It, they actually are. They are fairly close in terms. Well, because they're the two, two of the greatest so, companies in America. You know, say what you want, but uh, Jim, you've been dead on. You haven't let off. By the way, I mean, even Moss's son sold all. Remember when they owned a lot of Nvidia and then they sold it? Now they're trying to sell ARM to Nvidia for oh, Nvidia stock. If, but if uh, Jensen gets a lot of people ARM, may have made mistakes in selling Nvidia along the way here. Yeah, not me. Uh, I, all I did was when our dog Nvidia died, I got another dog, and it's Nvidia the second. And by the way, I, my, the pass for NVIDIA second is coming. I saw the actual, I got a snapshot of what it looks like. He'd be able to walk into that. No one can get into NVIDIA's headquarters except for my dog. <laughs> got it. NVIDIA, by the way, uh, is when they're going to solve self-driving car. They don't talk about it. It's black ice that's the problem. And Jensen is going to get, he's going to solve black ice. Did you know that it's black ice that's the problem? I did not know. Uh, cars, I could cars imagine not, a number no, of different problems. Jensen showed me. He said they can't. Cars right now can't detect black ice. It's one of the things they can't. But that's the main worry. They don't talk about that at Waymo. I'll tell you, uh, human drivers don't exactly have a little yeah. easy time with black ice if, either. If you were going to make a car right now, would you ever to start start? Would you ever have a human drive it? No. No. You'd have a machine drive. It. Yes. I wouldn't even have a steering wheel. No. No. You'd have the Boeing CFO. Running the. Ah, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, some uh, new appointments over at Boeing. Speaking of uh, cars, Amazon says, what, 10,000 EVs on the road by next year, and calling for the new FTC chair to be recused from those antitrust investigations of the company. We'll talk about that as we kick off uh, July, the second half, Q3, more squawk on the street in a moment. Every day, 
thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Amazon seeking to recuse new FTC chair Lena Khan from antitrust probes involving the company. In a motion filed with the agency, Amazon cited comments that Khan has made in the past, including that the company's, quote, guilty of antitrust violations and should be broken up, unquote. An FTC spokesperson has declined to comment. Fascinating uh, move here by Amazon and also a fascinating week, Jim, regarding big tech and antitrust. The judge decision on FTC Facebook and then the judge decision on a Florida law in social media last night. Well, I know I'm something. But I, I have to tell you that Amazon's right when they say that they're entitled to impartial commissioners. They are. I mean, you, you can't be guilty until proven innocent. Only the IRS court is that. You, that. And by the way, when you get in front of the IRS court, heaven knows you're going to jail because they've already decided but you're entitled to, a, a, why should you get a judge, David, who has already decided you're guilty? That's not the American no, way. Listen, I think this is the third time this week that we've talked about Ms. Khan uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and in the world that I certainly used to report a lot on merger and acquisitions, when you talk to senior bankers or senior lawyers, there is no doubt it's a concern for them. Absolutely. They don't say, ah, you know, it's not going to amount to anything. They actually say, this is really potentially serious in terms of the FTC's ability to um, to quash potential deal making prior to even it happening. You know, you can you, if you want to do it, you can go ahead and potentially have to go to court if they if they're going to be aggressive on something and you might still win, but it's going to take you years. So do you just say, well, we're not going to do that? Well, they can um, just but by that's just how they can have the power. Right. They have the power of, power of stalling. They have the power of stalling at a certain level. Right. And I think that one of the things that uh, I was speaking with someone who has an asset for sale and said, listen, there's a gun to my head because Lena is going to, and everyone's on a first name basis, but sure, you know, it's like ridiculous. Lena Khan is going to block this deal. And I said, but it's not a, there's no, there's no combination. Right. It's also three, two Democrat Republican. However, if they, if, if Amazon were to be successful in that, it's very much unclear that they will be. Then it would be 2-2, and they get it. They win. You know, 2-2, tie goes to the runner. Why would they even be thinking about making an acquisition in this era? Amazon? Yeah. Well, they're doing the MGM deal. No, but I'm saying why. 
I mean, don't they know that the deck is stacked yes. against them? and I think that's a question for big tech overall. I mean, we talk about yeah. Apple, first of all, which never does a large deal, probably no. never will. But, of course, people like to at least fantasize about yes, that. Yes, they do. They potentially constantly. rule that out. Although, where's the line? Does every new FTC chief need to be a blank slate? Otherwise, you get complaints? That's not going to happen. I, I think there's a lot of people who have basically said, you know, look, I own stock in this and I'll sell the stock. I mean, that's what the that's what it was initially meant for. It wasn't meant that there'd be someone come in who's uh, Mary Lease. You have Mary Lease in here. Mary Lease. Less corn, more hell. Okay. Populous. Mary Lease. That one, I don't know. Nope, I, when I look at Carl and he's also that's like, no. just, that's the jeopardy where there's no, Mary, there's no, there's no, there's no yeah, muscle. I mean, no, I got that from Aaron Rodgers. He was telling me he was prepping. Mary Lease. Raise, raise less corn and more hell. That's who Lena is. Okay. That's what she's going to do. Do you know the cross of gold speech? <laughs> We're striking out here today, Jim. We'll work on this, though, during the break. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell on a pretty busy Thursday. And we're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get to a uh, mad dash as we count you down. Of course, an opening bell, six and a half minutes or so before we get started with trading. You love Bed Bath. You always want to do Bed Bath. Mark Tritton was on our network, and he was extraordinary yesterday. In an amazing interview, they are doing a lot of stuff with their own brands that are selling well. They, they no longer have 15 different kinds of hangers. They have been, they have, have been unskewed. Uh, bye-bye babies, doing very well. But the most important thing here, David, is that there are still hedge funds shorting it. Well, there are, but there was also that one and that one, and those well, are that's that's, when, those are meme runs. Those were memes, but the meme people like to go after these days stocks that are like five dollars, and they trade them in hundreds of millions of shares. This one is actually worth what it's selling for because it's selling at twenty-two times next year's earnings. Okay, uh, and I think that that uh, if you rem- if you spun off Bye Bye Baby, you would discover that this stock is worth substantially more. So it mystifies me why the Wall Street bets people don't actually go after companies that are good. They try to go after companies that are bad that are shorted, which makes sense. But this one is really good that it's shorted, and they ought to just say, you know what, this is who we're gunning for. Now, because I said that, they hate me so much. Yeah. You know what? I've never really cared. No, you can't care. You can't care. Uh, David, if all I cared about were people who hate me, then you know what? I would just be under that table just saying, what do you want, David? I'd be a laptop. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. I'm Don't not you a worry. Laptop. Don't you worry about the no, haters. No, you'd be feeding me pur- Purina. Yeah, I would. No. Maybe it's Kittles. Okay, you like Kittles? I do. Or maybe Blue blue Buff from General Mills. Well, that's very healthy. Or Chewy. You could send me, I'd be automatic Chewy. You could put me right down there. Hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's get to an opening bell. How about we do that? Okay. All right, coming up.
China's President Xi taking a hard line against foreign interference in a speech marking the Chinese Communist Party's 100th anniversary. He said China, quote, won't allow any foreign force to bully or oppress the country, adding anyone who dares try uh, to do that will have their heads bashed bloody against the Great Wall of Steel forged by over 1.4 billion Chinese people. This was an hour-long speech, Jim, in Tiananmen Square. A lot of, lot of red meat for the party, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah 100th anniversary of, of the party. And basically saying, number one goal, uh, get Taiwan to be back as a Chinese province, not unlike Hong Kong. Number one goal. Uh, And this is, I think, a strategic issue for America. We cannot afford that to happen. And I hope that there's a response by the United States saying, look, this is an an independent country. But, you know, it's always been like this struggle with the two, how overt you should be, 100 miles away. And we will protect it. Our country has to say that. Okay. And you know, but you who, continue to you know believe that this is a huge threat, potentially, and that it's one that's talked about often. Yeah, but it, it was his number one. I mean, Eunice Yu, with always the best reporting, said it was his top priority. Top priority. And don't forget, they are using everything. They're pressuring the government there. It is about pressuring the government and ratcheting up the pressure. And I think that it's going to be not overt, not military, but ratchet. Obviously, it would be an enormous development, uh, something with the markets are watching closely. There's the opening bell at the big board. It's DT Midstream in celebration of its successful spinoff from DTE Energy to become a new company. And over the NASDAQ, Krispy Kreme celebrating its IPO, uh, pricing $29 million at 17 Jim, they were looking for uh, the low 20s over there. Yeah, I think that one of the problems with some of the deals I'm seeing now is well, they, they're kind of niche. I remember when Krispy Kreme went private. They came on the show all the time. They were mad money guests. They went private because, frankly, people stopped being interested in Krispy Kreme. So now they're coming public, and people aren't that interested in Krispy Kreme. Now, Squawk had a lot on it, but it is, you know, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, Donuts go private. That was good. I mean, that's, that stock was always undervalued. I think that you start with a company that's undervalued from day one. It's going to stay undervalued. And we have to stay close to a lot of these companies that all they are is a name brand. And, and they went up big yesterday. And I don't uh, think they're going to get the following. This from was your research. point yesterday, getting I'm attention. I'm very concerned about yeah. this. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, the performance yesterday generally all of up. all of the IPOs, and we had large ones. Didi, of course, the largest, was strong. But you we can, can t- get into Didi. These you others, could. You these could other, at 14. You could and that's have why I in. liked it. You could have gotten um, into Didi. I mean, take a look. Didi's up almost uh, 9 9%. That was the best deal yesterday because you could get some. Um, but that clear. Is I mean, clear, A $75 David. billion dollar market value. Do you want to own clear? I don't know. I mean, I don't Sentinel know. 1, I mean, that's a crowded field. Sentinel 1's crowded. There's clear. Also had a very strong uh, debut. And Sentinel 1 as well stock. was up over 20%, I believe, Sen- Sentinel 1's a very good company, but it's just a very crowded area. They're regarded as a next-gen uh, cybersecurity. They are. Yes, we had the CEO on. They are next-gen. They are, uh, right, they're not relying on human interaction of any right. kind. It's all AI-driven uh, well, in terms of picking up signals. Yeah, the new uh, ones. And they, it, things know, prior to even when an attack would occur. When that deep instinct, that's when I mentioned that Heather Bellini went to, and we all remember as being a great analyst at, at Goldman, that is literally about taking, going on the offense, yeah. Spotting someone and going on the offense. That's not been our country's style, by the way. We just kind of take a beating. 
we, well, we do. Indiana Sag could go on the offense. One would think their cyber Our capabilities government. are quite strong. We've not Unfortunately, they got stolen a number of years back, and that was not a good thing. I just think that, that, that Colonial guys. was the high water mark of the ransomware. And I just think that there's a lot of pressure on our companies to not pay subtly. I, I, I think that Merrick Garland, unbelievable Justice Department, a great mind, is going to figure this stuff out and basically say, you know what, we'll go after companies that pay. And that's going to be the end of that. Yeah, well, the colonial CEO said it was a huge regret of his, but that yes. they did it to save the country in many ways, right? Just gasoline supply to the entire mid-Atlantic. Uh, my sources in... Uh, in crypto, in that kind of world, plus the crypto world, we're saying, Colonial, this was the cost of not really upgrading your systems. By the way, when you up, don't upgrade your systems, you're typically working with old Microsoft yes. software. Yes. And all the companies that I am I deal with in in uh, this kind of uh, really high end cybersecurity, they're about augmenting Microsoft. You know, Okta, which is identity, Zscaler's identity. Uh, look, we know that, that Nikesha Palo Alto is both uh, is a hybrid. He's got the cloud and he's got on-prem. But these are companies that are really engaged with uh, a recognition that you've got to stop them by knowing who they are. Because they come in as someone else. Right. That's the way that they've been doing it. They come right. in and look at these stocks. They've been amazing performance. They have, but some Z-scalers, of the, others, I mean, fantastic. the oldest one, you know, Symantec, McAfee, I mean, have been no, out they, there for they, years. Well, and, you know, I mean, uh, Tomer Weingarten, who runs uh, Sentinel One, referred to them as antiquated. Antiquated? Yeah. Norton Lifelock, is, which my child just has been an incredible performer. Right. Zscaler's been amazing. I mean, look, Zscaler's partnered with Okta, and Zscaler's kind of like, you have to think of it like a passport. They have a passport. And I am really tired of companies that have not upgraded to the what we have. It's it's a lot of times it's their fault. And they just won't spend the money because it, it does cost a lot of money and it doesn't produce a return on investment. David. Um, I'm looking here, Jim, at a 17-page report from Elliot. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. No, it doesn't. I'm changing the subject. No. Changing the subject. Okay. But it's a subject that Glaxo. you care a lot about. GlaxoSmithKline? Yeah. I am all over it like a cheap Thank suit. Thank you. So like why, the one are you're wearing. You, why are you objecting to me moving on No, I just our I like a segue. Typically like a segue. Well, there wasn't going to be one. It's like Zed Sullivan. Okay, the Beatles. Okay, next we're going to have uh, Mort Sol. Here's the report right, right okay. here. Okay. Okay. 17 pages of report. Okay, the Santini okay. brothers. What Go do ahead. you think of it? I actually think that they are taking a very respectful approach to Emma Walmsley and suggesting that they need board, a better board. The board does have some good people on it, but and wants to be able to make more money off of this spin-off of the consumer products, maybe getting 50, 55 billion it would be possible. Right. And that a board change, a shakeup, uh, would imply that eventually that Emma would Walmsley would go, but they are not attacking her at all. It's a very impersonal approach. It is. They, they say years of historical mis-execution will not be remedied easily. Yet despite the currently weak sentiment, we believe GSK has the ability to restore the market's trust in the critical year ahead. And they talk about the path forward, Jim. Uh, prioritize rebuilding the company's credibility, strengthening right. its ambition for the benefit of all stakeholders. These are fairly broad ambitions they're talking about. Right. Here. Well, they're just they get not... down to some more, much more specific. But I mean, I, look, I got to help. You know, you, couldn't that? 
spinoff be bought by Procter and Nestle's and J&J? The consumer health. Yeah, yeah. That's an attractive property. I think that, that should be, there should be an auction. Uh, I also think that when you look at what they're saying of having the right board, remember, Emma Walmsley is a consumer products person. Maybe she should go with the consumer products spinoff and get a scientist, like their chief scientist, who's terrific, to run the, what is a, a world where the technology behind the scientific now is so, so, so good that you need a Dr. Vagelos like a Regeneron. You need an older gentleman who understands everything. But, you know, Carl, these companies are now doing technologies that we talk about a lot that are well beyond the ken of most people. Uh, it's not always easy, as CureVac would, uh, would prove. Wow. Uh, uh, this efficacy of uh, the vaccine, sub-50, although they're going to plow ahead, Jim, try to make this work. Well, look, the RNA is a good example. If you listen to RNA, when they first started talking about it, it's like, well, that just sounds science fiction. I mean, you're talking about the blueprint to our bodies? Like, you know, the blueprint. We, we didn't, 10 years ago, we didn't even know there was a blueprint to the DNA. And they're an influ- they're, they are trying to rearrange the blueprint. What an amazing technology. Yeah. Never really talked about it. The coding of the human genome was a major step forward. Well, that gene editing. It has progressed more more and more rapidly now. You've always complained there's not enough editing in journalism. Yes. That's because it's all in gene editing. (laughs) Well, that gets back to CRISPR, which was earlier this week, I think. Yes, it was. Yeah. uh, CRISPR, by the way, and uh, the ones, these are uh, Kathy Wood names. She correctly, someone's criticized me, said, oh, now you like Kathy Wood. Look. I am saying that these are all high-risk stocks. Yes, they may have had a hit in this, but these are not stocks for people at home. I mean, you can go invest with Kathy Wood. I think that's fine. She has a 20, 30-year perspective. But these these are things that, you know, you, you go and buy that and tell you, and that's fantastic that you got that. But uh, that there's a lot of flameouts, too, that don't make it. And CureVac was supposed to be 90. I thought that was going to be 90%. Yep. yep. Oh, it was a disappointment. Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, look at um, look at mobility. Neo, for example, Jim, uh, that's going to be a near a five-month high today as they make 8,000 deliveries in June. They shake off the chip shortage. Yes. We're hearing a lot about the Chinese in particular yeah. using some of these locally grown players to take on international no, I like, like I actually Lynch. like some of these stocks. I don't. I tend to just only recommend Alibaba because when you have President Xi basically saying, listen, don't. You know, we will bury you. I mean, he was more Khrushchev in style than he's, I guess, Mao-like. Uh, but, David, I don't know if you saw the um, what happened in Haverford last night in Gladwin. What happened where? In Gladwin last night. No. A Tesla. Oh, uh, the fire, you mean? Yes. Yeah, Tesla fire. Yeah. Now, we don't know. It's suspicious. But it's not positive to have a Tesla the, have it, the video. I don't know if we have the pictures of it, but... It was suboptimal, David. The I don't feel as though uh, we, the stock. Yeah. I don't feel as though the stock reacts particularly to these occasional. You know, it's interesting. Uh, our, our, our executive producer Todd Bonin, when he heard the noise, put on his mask. <laughs> it's actually your. It's more of your ears that are involved. So just give us a heads up. <laughs> It's your ears. It's not your. It's not COVID related. Uh, but uh, Tesla, yeah, I thought that was. It, it, it reminded me, Haverford. It reminded me of that scene in East Town, where that actually left East Town and went to Haverford. 
And that's where I, this Tesla or Gladwin, which we know some people who live in Gladwin, executives. Uh, OK, if you tell me we do, I believe you. Well, battery technology is tough. I think it was the Volvo chief on our air. Uh, or no, it was in an event yesterday, the Volvo chief saying we need to understand batteries as deeply as we understand combustion engines. Yes, and QuantumScape, a lot of people like them, but Ford, Jim Farley thinks he has a better battery. I know. We're going to be talking to Mark Fields uh, a little later. Uh, you should be talking morning. to Jim Farley. Well, you talk to Jim Farley. Every day. And you will not allow us to talk to Jim Farley. Jim Farley is sold out of trucks. He, saw, he said that to me yesterday that the because the of the resurgence. Yeah, I had it only before, 12% I had it before the journal. They typically have. They're out. They're sold out of trucks because small and medium-sized businesses are buying them. Yes, I don't want anyone else talking to him, but that's not true. Phil Abel, talk to him all. Phil talks um, to him. Let's, uh, let's quickly do the, uh, the SPAC, uh, SPAC news this morning. Um, Tillman Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta. Yesterday we had a SPAC that actually, remember, lowered the the acquisition it was doing. They cut in half almost the value of the company being acquired. This is going in a different direction. Uh, They're actually adding a lot more of his restaurants, Mastro's and a lot of the other ones, to the SPAC. He's getting more equity. He'll own 72% of it now. This is what he had to say. Since the rollout of COVID vaccinations, the operating results and the incremental assets have been so strong that I decided that I should be focused all in on the company as I see opportunities for a significant acquisition that would not otherwise be available. So now the uh, overall value goes up to $8.6 billion again as they amend that transaction. And as I said, they add in uh, a number of, uh, of other uh, assets. Pleasure Pier, Vic and Anthony's, the Mastro's brand, the aquariums, and another number of smaller restaurant concepts. Uh, catch. Those are not restaurants that you go to, David. No, I haven't been to those. You go to restaurants. David goes to restaurants where some of the finest wine is served. Ah. Yeah. I tend to have sparkling water. We'll sell no wine before it's time. (laughs) Oh, my. Orson Welles at the bottom of his career. Have you ever seen some of the outtakes of those ads? Not good. No. Rosebud. Tough going. Rosebud. Tough going. Get Orson Ah. to cooperate. When we come back, um, McCormick's going to be with us, posting a quarterly beat and raising guidance. As Jim says, those cooking from home trends continue to benefit the company. We'll talk to the CEO in a moment as Dow's up 35. And we did get S&P 4300 for the first time. McCormick, well-known name, posting a beat this quarter and raising guidance. More people are cooking from home, obviously. Joining us now is CEO Lawrence Curtius. And I've got to tell you, Lawrence, uh, great numbers, and people just don't seem to care. I'm wondering it's because maybe you did talk about gross margins, unfavorable product mix, or whether people just say, you know what, of course McCormick's great. So tell me something I don't know. What do you think's going on? Because this was, this was a great quarter. Well, you know, Jim, that's a really great question. You know, we posted incredible growth. You know, a, a year ago, people said, well, you know, McCormick's got to be down next year. Um, and, you know, here we are lapping the, an, an incredible surge uh, from uh, from last year. And uh, and and we we're up 11 percent uh, in sales for the uh, for the for the quarter, we're up 16 percent uh, so far year to date. Um, and it's sustained demand for cooking at home coupled with a robust recovery in the restaurant industry and in food service. And then on top of that, uh, we've done two great acquisitions during the pandemic. So, you know, our, our results are very strong and, uh, and I'm at a loss to explain the market 
But I do believe that in the long run, the market follows uh, the results. So you know, I'm confident that uh, as we continue to sustain differentiated growth, really driven by the underlying demand for flavor worldwide, uh, that, uh, that, that we'll see that change. Uh, you know, Lawrence, are, are you uh, getting that narrative that was talked about in General Mills, which is that the hybrid economy is producing a couple of days of cooking that never existed before? Because I think people felt that what would happen is everyone would just go back to normal. But that's not happening, is it? Everyone's going back to normal, but normal isn't what normal used to be. And you're right. There's a hybrid work environment. People are going to work more from home than they used to. Um, I just look at our company where you know, we're allowing office-based employees to work up to 50% of their time at home. Those are meals that are going to be consumed at home instead of away. So there's, there's really a built-in sustained demand for, for food at home. And, uh, and you know, that's a great benefit for, for the food industry. You know, for McCormick in particular, our ingredient-based uh, flavors for consumers and for restaurants are, be- are benefiting on both ends, though. You know, as consumers continue to cook at home, they're using more of our of our spices, our seasonings, French's mustard, Frank's hot sauce, um, and then uh, as restaurants reopen, uh, they're they're using those same uh, those same ingredients as well. And so, I mean, really, we're benefiting on both ends. You know, I I was impressed. Uh, like, take a Mo's Southwest. Like, earlier this week, they announced a new Frank's Red Hot Queso uh, Queso Taco. Mentioned Frank's Red Hot. This is not just hot sauce. So you are getting real interest from restaurants with Frank's by name. We are, and and you know, and I don't want to leave Cholula out. Also, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we acquired the Cholula brand, and and we're getting tremendous, great brand name uh, recognition uh, on Cholula. You know, these are two fantastic brands that appeal to young people. Um, you know, even our flavor solutions customers um, want to tap into the brand equity. And I'll, I'll you know, I'll use uh, uh, Campbell's uh, as an example there. You know, Campbell's Goldfish um, has a special item out right now. It's Frank's Red Hot Goldfish. Uh, that uh, that's, a, that's a, a limited time offer on the market to bring more uh, young adults into the Goldfish franchise. I mean, these are these are great brands with great brand equity. We're, we can't be more excited about them. Lawrence, I, I'm questioning whether people understand, particularly Wall Street, that your acquisitions are all products that don't put weight on. And uh, <laughs> when you have millennials, Gen Z, they care passionately about adding something to their food that doesn't put weight on. And you, you, you've got the formula. There is a long-term trend, especially among younger consumers, millennials, Gen Z, uh, for healthier cooking, more scratch cooking, um, you know, weight is is part of it, but but they're trying to avoid additives, uh, unpronounceable ingredients, uh, added sugar, salt, and fat, and uh, and our products are perfectly suited for for that kind of cooking. Uh, whether it's herbs and spices, which are everyone knows are inherently good for you, uh, through uh, uh, the uh, the hot sauce uh, brands, uh, Frank's and and French's uh, uh, and French's mustard as well. You know, a lot of flavor, really not much calories. Fauna, do you think people are confused? It sounds like an IFF acquisition, uh, not really well, not really branded, but integral. I just don't know if Wall Street cared enough about it because it, it could really yeah. help you. Yeah, we're a flavor company across the board. So whether it's consumers cooking at home, 
a restaurant preparing meals to serve to their patrons, or whether it's a consumer packaged goods or, or, or beverage company, uh, for that matter, um, you know, producing a, a product that needs flavor, um, you know, we're there to meet that need. And the Fona acquisition really brought us some great technology and, and reach on, on the most value added and technically insulated end of that flavor spectrum and, and has brought in a whole slew of new customers, you know, the, uh, in, in, the, in the health and nutrition area. You know, think about you know the, your your protein powder drinks, uh, you know gummy vitamins. You know this is an addressable market that we didn't have access to. I do think that this is underestimated. In the short time we have left, I, I, I'm not going to leave unsaid. Your board is the most diverse board in the country, I believe, and I just wanted you to have a just give you the floor about why that matters and how your company does better because of it. Oh, you know, we believe that the power of people is an underlying principle in our company, and that goes all the way back to the 1930s. I can't take any credit for that. But but we really believe that uh, that McCormick needs to be a great place to work you know, for all people uh, and, and to tap into the full talents that are available in the market. You know, right now there's a war for talent in the market. And, and we want to we want to be able to attract everybody to bring their full selves to work, to achieve all that they, all that they can. So we can get the, the benefits of the best and brightest talent um, without any kind of artificial screen. It does go all the way to the top, Jim. I'm glad you recognized our board of directors. You know, where we have uh, you know ten in, out of ten independent directors. You know, four are women, two are African American. We have a, a Latina. We have a North African. Um, you know, this is a very uh, diverse board that even includes. Uh, a member who walked with Martin Luther King as a child and was jailed in Birmingham in one of the uh, civil rights marches in the, in the 60s. Um, and, and so uh, All right, know, well, we think that this is really important. Hey, Jim, before we go, well, I just Lawrence. want listen to know that we're, I hope they're all looking forward to a great weekend of grilling this 4th of July. You know, get out some Montreal steak seasoning and some French's mustard. and, well, and they'll be and doing it. Fourth <laughs> of July is not the same if they don't have your stuff. Lawrence Curtis McCormick. Uh, terrific job. Great to speak to you. Let's uh, we'll continue more in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. One of the stocks has just been absolutely miserable. Again, it's one of those that's perceived as being a pandemic stock is Thor, which is the biggest maker of motor coaches, RVs. And uh, City says enough is enough. Let's go buy the stock. And it's about time because this is one inexpensive stock, $14 billion in backlog. They're sold out. You can't get one. So finally, someone is saying, you know what? Just buy the stock. $6 billion company, 14 in backlog. I like it. <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Absolutely. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.